Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. I am Zach Falconer Barfield, co-founder and first gentleman at The Perfect Gentleman. And alongside me is my good friend, James Marwood. Good to speak to you again, Zach. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. Excellent. Having a very good day. And uh, again, spring continues to be wonderful. We've had a short shower today, but I've been out in the garden. It's great. Ah, very lovely. Very lovely indeed. It's rapidly approaching um, a May. Spring, May day is in the air. We're, we're sort of heading into the, the proper spring and early summer weather. So it should be good. Yes, indeed. So what's on the cards today, Zach? Our monthly cultural gentleman review section, where we review a a current and a classic piece of uh, culture. Mm -hmm. And then our new and regular perfect lady columnist, Leah Morrigan from uh, Toronto. Uh, She is uh, our perfect lady and she is going to talk all about male beauty. Fantastic. I look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And then that's it. It's a short one this time. Excellent. Okay. So what what have you got to review today, James? I've got something slightly unusual today. Um, It's a classic book. It's a short book from from 1931, I believe, called An Essay on Typography by Eric Gill. It's a little unusual, but what I really like about this is if you don't know anything about Eric, he was a very prolific and influential English typographer and maker of of fonts and and typefaces. If you've ever been on London Underground, the London Underground font was done by a chap called Johnson, who was a student of Gill's. Gill Sands is a font most people have on their computers. But what I like about this is it's not really about typography or lettering. It's about culture and about craft and art versus industrialism. Ooh. And yeah, which which is really interesting, especially if you're if you're interested like like we are in in how things are made and in in handcrafts and things like that. Gill was a was, was not just a typography, he was a sculptor and an engraver. He sort of followed on a bit from the arts and crafts movement. Uh, from, from William Morris, and he's kind of in that vein. Mm. But he talks quite a lot within this about how the role of craft within an industrialised society, and he wasn't like William Morris trying to ignore it all and say, you know, boo, industrialism, engineers, that's all bad. He accepts that it's it's there, but he, he talks about sort of the need for, uh, um, the, the, the phrase he uses is an industrialism with many noble and admirable features. Ooh. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite deep. But it's, a, it's an easy read. He's quite funny. He's very opinionated, which is great. All good designers opinionated. What I like about this is it's, it's really clearly written. It's very humble. It's quite funny. But it's, it's a really superb example of how to put your point of view across and how to be, to be opinionated in a way that's pleasing to read. So if, if any of you are interested in, in things like, like, like writing or polemics and things like that, this is, I think, one of the best examples. So it's, it's a great little pamphlet. I read it, I pick it up all the time and just flick through it. It's, it's really good fun. That's something I'm going to have to get, James. I've not read that one. And it's interesting, isn't it? We forget how typography and fonts and all that sort of stuff is so integral to our lives. And yet we kind of just gloss over them. It's kind of, and we don't think about the people who did them or designed them or yeah. built them and, and, and how they came about. I think that's really interesting. And, and as you say, you know, opinion is a good thing as long as you mm. express it well. Um, yes. And having an opinion is a mighty fine thing. Um, well, no, I shall have to pick that up and um, and have a read of it. I was thinking about when you were talking about that. We have a lovely uh, friend, Paul Antonio, who is a scribe. Oh, that's interesting. And maybe what we should do is go along and um, interview him. Mm, that would be really interesting because I mean, the history of typography and the theory behind it, I think, is a really good grounding for people in general principles of design because it's all about 
balance and proportion and things like that and you see someone who really understands that and it's so beautiful no it's it is beautiful i, I mean I, we, we should speak to him definitely because I, I was talking to him about doing stuff with perfect gentleman some time ago so i, I shall i shall drop him a, a little note and uh, and we'll both go along and interview him because i think you'd like that too oh i really would i really would <laughs> yeah. i think with, with all of this especially with something like a topic like this it can be get, be a bit geeky so it's good that you have a book that's that's fun and that's quite light-hearted it should put a smile on your face and this book definitely puts one on mine oh i like that i should be picking it up from one of those online book retailers do do born in the back shop of a colombian leather craftsman matured on the pan-american highway perfected on a pub's damp table in savile row monsieur london is the result of travel it led its two creators from anchorage to Ashaya on the 19,000 mile long journey they ended up in London to settle the project born from a choice to lead a lifestyle with higher standards and expectations, a brand for the 21st century cosmopolitan man. As a result of this approach, the online retail shop MonsieurLondon.com was launched in October 2012. Since then, they have met many pop-up shops in Paris and London and opened with business partners La Gassionnière, a 250 square meters men lifestyle concept store in Paris. Their brand offers elegant accessories made with traditional know-how for a fair price. They make their customers pay for the quality, not for the branding and marketing. Their French, Italian and English workshops fabricate outstanding products, created with their sense of traditional know-how and their passion for style. These accessories reflect the technical excellence of their makers. They offer bespoke options on many of their products, including gloves, bags and belts. Check them out at MissYourLondon.com. My review this this month is um is of a movie. I seem to be movieing Great. at the moment. Is a movie called The Intern. Okay, good. And it came out in the cinemas last year, and it came out on uh, DVD just last month. Directed by Nancy Mayers, who um, directed, amongst other things, uh, Something's Gotta Give, the Jack Nicholson, Diane Keaton movie, uh, yep. The Holiday, a Parent Trap. A very guilty pleasure. I love The Parent Trap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's that Private Benjamin and that sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah, good, so, good fun films. Good fun films. Um, and she directed this movie, and it stars uh, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, two very talented actors. And the premise of the movie is is quite simple. Uh, Robert De Niro plays a widower um, who's in his 70s um, and he's retired uh, and he's bored. He uh, wants to go out and do something. So he applies for a senior internship at Anne Hathaway's e-commerce fashion startup, which is growing and fast and, and they're looking for people. And it's basically that great clash between old and new and modern ways and classical ways how they bond together and how he also changes them and he and they change him and it's very it's a lovely little movie um and why it's so perfect gentlemanly is because of course he turns up in a suit and a shirt and a tie and uh, and he's got a briefcase and he turns up for work and he's sort of taking the taking all these youngsters at hand he tells one off they're going to do a delivery to some famous client and he says well you should wear a shirt and proper trousers and things like yes. this and oh, yep. And he sort of teaches them that you should write emails correctly and it's just lovely about you know how he uh how he sort of changes them into that sort of this is the way you should behave and this is the way you should do things and suddenly all the people around him are coming to him for advice and um ah, lovely it's a really sweet lovely little movie it's it's a it's a gentle comedy it's one of those lovely sunday afternoon movies and you know it could have been 
a black and white movie of the of the 1930s and 40s is that kind of sure. that, that vibe about it um and it's a really sweet little movie and Anne Hathaway is a great talented actress and yeah. also has the uh, very attractive and lovely Rene Russo in it oh, always a treat always a treat yes um so we we uh, enjoyed that very much over the weekend and I uh, I highly recommend it um to anyone uh, as a as a nice gentle little movie but it's very perfect gentlemanly in tone as this uh, widower teaches uh, men about respect and dressing well and all that sort of great thing. it's out on dvd now you can catch it on dvd and i'm sure it's on on various online subscription services mm-hmm. um so yeah no it's got a nice little cast and, and nancy myers is a great writer and director so excellent it's well worth a, a couple of hours of your sunday afternoon i think i'll uh, i'll look that up um and uh, talking about our cultural view next month um we're going to do a, a whole month on predominantly on books okay Yep. So um, uh, we'll have a book-themed month at The Perfect Gentleman, both in the magazine and um, online. We'll do some more reviews of different books. So in our cultural review section, we'll we'll only be reviewing books next month. Uh, If anyone out there listening to us wants to suggest something for us to review after next month or in the future, please drop us a line um, at our email, which is inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or tweet us or Instagram us or Facebook us, anything on the social media front at, at A The P Gentlemen. So they're all the P Gentlemen, all our social media uh, contacts. And um, and let us know what you'd like us to review. I'd be really interested to if anyone as well as as, as read or or read or been to any of the things that we that we've talked about and got any thoughts on those. That would be cool as well. We've had some lovely um, emails and feedback and some comments from people um, already, and and it's 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 very heartwarming. Yes, yes, it is. It is that uh, that the people are listening. It's nice. So what are we on to? What are we next then, Zach? Well, next is uh, our regular now regular perfect lady uh, section with the lovely Liam Oregon from Toronto um, and she's going to talk a little bit about um, male beauty Hello and welcome to the perfect lady my name is Liam Morgan and I am coming to you from Toronto I am talking about the ideals of male beauty today and so the first thing that we're going to examine is male form as far as I am concerned the power of men lies in his shoulders this is the broadest expanse on his body and it's sort of that creation of that inverted triangle which is very appealing and men often will dress to exaggerate their shoulders whether it's conscious or not um, because it is so appealing but men's clothing hasn't always been this way clothing actually started um, looking more unisex than anything because it was essentially a woven rectangle that was draped uh, over the body and it has obviously changed quite considerably over time the male beauty standards have changed with the evolution of clothing so we need to look at different periods to decide on what the standard of beauty was at the time so we're going to use the 17th century as our first example during the restoration period and Charles II's uh, uh, rule in England he brought with him the absolute most fancy f- uh, clothing for men from France. And so we would see court men wearing 
well, what we would think of today is, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous what, what these men wore, but it was layered and ga and ribbon, and there was flounced and clothing in, in these heavy, beautiful brocades and silks, gobs of lace at the cuffs and gobs of lace around the throat. Men wore bows on their shoes and long curled wigs and these big hats. And that at the time was the, was the standard of male beauty. But if we compare that to what we think of as beautiful, uh, a beautiful ideal for men today, men now have the opportunity to soften themselves and be more diverse in their ex in their expressions. So, modern men, they take care of themselves. Uh, they're conscious of what they put inside of their body, what they do with their body. They're exercising more. They're taking more care of their skin, and they're even wearing cosmetics. And, and this is lovely because men now have the courage to improve themselves in ways that used to be considered taboo. But that tells us how, how, uh, how much our social standards are changing. And this is wonderful because this too is an evolution. I had the opportunity to speak to Rainier Croft, who is a MAC makeup artist in Toronto. And he says that men's no makeup makeup, that is uh, the use of foundations, concealers, and light powders just to even out the skin tone, will become more more common. He says in a couple of years we'll see more men wearing makeup as part of their everyday regimen. So there's that uh, that visual aspect of male beauty, but there's also beauty from the inside. Men who can communicate and show their emotions are beautiful. Men who treat themselves with respect, who treat other people with respect, the people the pl that treat the planet and animals with respect are beautiful. So a man with a with a beautiful heart and a kind heart is definitely a part of their beauty. But without any of these things, if there's one thing missing, I don't know what he's got. If he doesn't have confidence, if he doesn't believe in himself, he's not going to be authentic and he's not going to be feeling his best. He's not going to pro be projecting his best self. Everyone loves confidence. Everyone is attracted to confident people. Confidence is the conviction and knowing that you're doing the right thing. That, to me, is the essence of male beauty. Well, thank you very much for that, Liam. I uh, really enjoyed it, and um, a lot for me to learn about there. Yeah, and I'm feeling more beautiful already. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's still something I'm going to need to work on. But, um, well, you can feel beautiful. I can, I can feel, I can feel. I'll, I'll try and let my inner beauty show through. Exactly, exactly. And we're grateful that we don't have to display our calves anymore, like the Regency period, or, or a, <laughs> yes, a good yes, turn think, of ankle. Yes, or at least others can be can be grateful for that one. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to, to hearing more from Lee. But you know so much about this, and it, it's going to be really useful. No, it's great. And I, I'm, I'm really happy that we're getting lots of interesting new people speaking about stuff and regular columns and things like that. That's great. Our wonderful partners, The Cravat Club, provide luxury silk cravats, scarves, and pocket squares. Designed and handcrafted in England. So compliment your style with a touch of sartorial elegance with these 100% silk cravats, scarves and pocket squares, which are an ideal addition to evening or day wear for a sharp and refined look for the distinguished gentleman. Head on over to their website www.cravat-club.com to grab yours now. 
So is that us for this podcast then, Zach? Short one this time, and um, we'll be back in a, in a week's time uh, in the wonderful month of May for our ninth podcast. We're looking forward to it already. It's going to be good. James, always a pleasure, my friend. Good to speak to you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, and uh, take care. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by the Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at the Pistachio Palace.